Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. How do you get fair and free elections? You have to fight and win. It is offensive for Carrie Lake to say that these people behind me are slow rolling. Democracy is the system that will send Carrie Lake back to whatever dark corner of the internet she came from. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective from D.C.'s top names. Are y'all ready to fight? Yeah. Are you ready to get this done? Herschel Walker is a nightmare for liberals. He's an African-American conservative. They have belittled him. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The election week is not over yet. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics with thousands of votes still to be counted in the balance of power on Capitol Hill Still this Friday up in the air, Republicans appear to be crawling towards a slim majority in the House, but Democrats still have a path and they feel good about the Senate. We'll review the landscape with Major Garrett, the CBS News Washington correspondent, author of the book, The Big Truth, is back with us one week later to discuss what we've learned. Our signature panel is with us, too, to review the big races yet to be called and Donald Trump's latest assaults on his own party. Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano have lived through it all with us this week, and they're here for the hour. So, yes, here we are on D plus three and still no official call on the House or the Senate. We told you this could happen, and it will likely be days more until all this is done. Though Republicans are getting pretty close in the House, seven seats by my count away from claiming majority, that which Kevin McCarthy claimed on Tuesday night. Uh, Democrats who've lost nine here would essentially have to run the table, but there it's still mathematically possible. And by the way, still no call in Lauren Boebert's race, Colorado's third. She's leading Democrat Adam Frisch by about 1,100 here. I guess it's heading for a recount most likely. On the Senate side, it's still a best of three. In Nevada, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto trailing Republican Adam Laxalt by about 9,000 votes, about 1%. Democrats, though, are optimistic about the mail-in ballots yet to be counted. And Senator Mark Kelly in Arizona is leading Blake Masters still by about five percentage points. And it sounds like they're counting through the weekend. Uh, Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate for governor in Arizona, who's trailing uh, Democrat Katie Hobbs, is accusing the state of purposefully slow rolling the count, something that she's been claiming since actually before election night. This was her on election night. Listen. If we have to fight through the BS and the garbage, then we will fight through the BS and the garbage. But how do you get fair and free elections? You have to fight and win to make them fair and free. 
And we needed another stark reminder that we have incompetent people running the show in Arizona. Well, you know, officials in Maricopa County disagree, as you might well imagine. Here's Bill Gates. Remember, he was with us a couple of days ago, the county supervisor uh, who was here on Sound On today reacting to Carrie Lake. Listen. It is offensive for Carrie Lake to say that these people behind me are slow rolling this when they're working 14 to 18 hours. So I really hope this is the end of that now. We can be patient and respect the results when they come out. And so the count will continue into the weekend. The outcome of these two, again, will determine whether Georgia is the tiebreaker when the runoff between Senator Warnock and Herschel Walker happens on December 6th. And we spoke one week ago, right at this time, about what was about to happen in these midterm elections. In a fascinating conversation with Major Garrett, CBS News chief Washington correspondent, author of the book, The Big Truth. And we wanted to bring him back exactly one week later because of his unique perspective on the stakes in this cycle. And because he's a connoisseur of Kentucky bourbon. Major, welcome back. It's great to be with you. When we spoke last week, (laughs) did you think the House would still be up in the air on Friday? I thought it was possible, but like many reporters who were talking to Republicans very closely watching House races and the underlying polling data and Democrats who were doing the same, it felt as if there would be more Republican victory sooner on election night than manifested. Yeah. We were all looking at Virginia and Rhode Island and Connecticut and Indiana's first congressional district as early bellwethers. And by about 9.30 on election night, those were coming back either as toss-ups or lean Democrats in many cases. Republicans only won one of three races they targeted in Virginia, didn't win the one in Rhode Island, didn't win Indiana, didn't win anything they had circled the map on in Pennsylvania. Yep. And so it became clear that this was if there was going to be a Republican resurgence or enough to get a majority, it would probably have to happen out west. And my co-author, David Becker, said to many outlets, including CBS, we may not know for days upon days upon days because California votes uh, counts its votes slowly, and typically that doesn't matter because margins are so wide there. Right. Well, they're close in several House races. Those races are still awaiting verdicts, and that's why we don't have a House majority yet. And they've got a good half a million votes or something to count in California. It's uh, This has really and, been and incredible. Here's the, way, here's the way CBS News calculates it. Some networks and cables have projections up. We don't. What we do is we describe where we think the floor for both parties in the House is. And we believe the floor currently for the Republicans in the House is 213 and the floor for Democrats is 206. We don't offer projection numbers and say plus or minus off that. We think that's too confusing. We believe the floor for Democrats, 206, the floor for Republicans, 213, meaning Republicans are closer to that magic number of 218. They sure are. Uh, In the Senate, we talked a lot last week about Mm -hmm. the fact that democracy was on the ballot, the fact that we could have states stacked with people who deny the results of the 2020 election. It didn't happen quite that way. I know a lot of things are still up in the air in Arizona and Mm -hmm. things could still happen. But there there seemed to be largely a rejection uh, to that type of rhetoric. And and what's really been turned into a, a narrative that it was a bad night for Donald Trump. But weren't people saying no to the phenomenon that you and I were talking about? They were. And look, um, our book, The Big Truth, wasn't on the ballot in any respect. But what we argue in the book, and it's really not an argument, it's a celebration, first of all, of election administrators and poll workers around our country and poll observers who do this work every election 
and do it better than any other country on the planet, celebration of that, and a complete declaration of the facts of the 2020 election and how we can believe in election results going forward. All of that was vindicated on Tuesday night because all the procedures worked and the results are believed. And many Republicans who were once playing with the notion of denialism conceded exactly what they should do in America. You try your best, and if you lose, you concede. And we began to see that. There really is a noticeable voter rejection in many places under lots of different circumstances of the idea that denialism is a believable thing. It's not. And not only that, for Republicans, I would say this to this entire party. It's destructive. If you have a candidate who tells swing voters you might be conspirators in a crime against democracy and it's not true, you know what they're going to do? They're not going to vote for you. (laughs) And that played out over and over and over again. What a scenario uh, to imagine. If you're down at the MGM at National Harbor later tonight, uh, Major, what do the odds look like for, for Democrats keeping the House? Is that even a conversation we have with a straight face? Uh, yes, you can have it plausibly. But look, the trajectories do favor Republicans. And probably at the two, uh, 220, maybe 221, 222 margin. Hmm. The more important fact there is, and look, whoever controls the House has supervision of the purse strings in our federal government and the taxation. That's a constitutional prerogative of the House majority. But House majorities matter in their ability to enforce their will. The House, unlike the Senate, is a majoritarian body. Well, when you only have three or four or five votes to give, every vote then becomes dramatic. Because if you have anyone walk off the reservation, trust me, in the House Republican Conference, there are a lot of people who have already announced they want to walk off the reservation if Kevin McCarthy doesn't please them as the presumptive speaker. Their problems only begin to multiply and become more visible once they cross that 218 threshold. This is a be careful what you ask for a situation for Kevin McCarthy, (laughs) right? I mean, either he gets the gavel and has an incredibly slim majority, maybe even less than Nancy Pelosi had, Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, the Caesar uh, games begin here. And we're already hearing about several different challenges uh, to his authority in the Republican Party in the House. They're also challenging leadership in the Senate right now. Mm-hmm. But is this is this a, a good week or a bad one for Kevin McCarthy? I think it's a very complicated week for him, far more complicated than he imagined. Look, he raised a ton of money, traveled all over the country. He gave a lot of assurances to Trumpian House Republicans that they would get their mm-hmm. way and get prominent positions. Did all the things you have to do to nail down your speakership. But already today, Jason Miller, an advisor to former President Trump, said unless Kevin McCarthy declares right now that he supports Trump in 2024, he shouldn't be speaker. That's a shot across the bell. What what possible role should that play in deciding who the next speaker of the House is? Well, in a Trumpian world, apparently a lot. When you look ahead to a Trumpian world, potentially in 24, and you see the media, the conservative media assault on him from the Murdoch media, you see Donald Trump lashing out at Glenn Youngkin. Do you think he actually announces next week? Every indication I've gotten and my colleague Robert Costa has gotten is that Tuesday is not an exploratory thing. It's not a dip a toe in the water. He's already got a committee. There's nothing he needs to explore. Mm -hmm. It's a full-on declaration that he's running. Amazing. And then does that clear the field? Or are we in a different world now? No, it does not. No, it does not. Talk about uh, split-screen political programming. At the very same time or near the same time, Trump will be making that announcement, if all goes off schedule, at Mar-a-Lago, 
Ron DeSantis will be just north of West Palm Beach in Orlando in a private event with the Republican Governors Association. And I guarantee you this, there'll be more big party donors listening to Ron DeSantis than watching Donald Trump on television. Wow. That's a lot to think about. Major, thank you for coming back to check in with us. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to compare notes. Major Garrett is the CBS chief Washington correspondent, and the book is called The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie. And now that we're through the midterms, it's actually even more relevant, I would suggest. Our panel is with us for the rest of the hour. This is a great opportunity to walk through everything that's happened the past 24 hours. I'm going to bring you sounds from all over the country since we last spoke. Some of it will concern you. Some of it, as ever, is amusing because we are talking about politics after all. But we're walking into a weekend with a lot of uncertainty here. Some races could be called. Likely the big ones are going to last until next week, as we discuss with Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano coming up. Our signature panel right here, where you would expect on the fastest hour in politics. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Stay with us. We'll check traffic markets on the way. Can you believe it's Friday? Seems like it's been two weeks in one here. Stay with us. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Carrie Lake is not at the moment at least winning the race for governor in Arizona. She's trailing by just a little bit here, trailing Democrat Katie Hobbs. But the narrative remains the same well ever since Election Day, that they're slow rolling. The count that ballots were being put in boxes and brought to different places, that the tabulators were not working. And Bill Gates, the... the uh, Supervisor of the county, Maricopa County, forgive me, who was with us a couple of days ago here on Bloomberg Sound On, is just asking everybody to bring it down a notch. Listen. I'm concerned about getting this count done. 
and that's what everyone in this building is concerned about. Everybody needs to calm down a little bit and turn the rhetoric down. Yeah, he's telling reporters they're going to be counting through the weekend. So that's not just the Kerry Lake race. That's the Senate race as well. Mark Kelly, who's up by about five percentage points, five and a half percentage points here in Democrats feel pretty good about it. Let's assemble the panel and start the conversation right there with Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, Rick, you've been pretty consistent about this. You didn't expect a call in Arizona last night. You don't expect one tonight. How long are we looking? Uh, probably through the weekend. Um, this is not unusual. This is pretty much how Arizona counts ballots. And, uh, you know, Maricopa is one of the largest counties in America. So it's it's a lot of ballots to count. And, and they get a lot of criticism, but they do a pretty thorough job. Remember, when they were protested and investigations occurred in 2020, it turned out that, you know, their count was incredibly accurate. So uh, if you want it right, you got to do it right. And I think, you know, that's exactly what they're doing. So, you know, they've got 350,000 more ballots to count. Yeah. It'll take through the weekend and probably into Monday. And that gives Kerry Lake plenty of opportunity to spread some pretty wild conspiracy theories uh, here, Jeannie. Are we at the point of, of, of danger when, when someone like Bill Gates comes out to brief reporters and asking Kerry Lake to call off the dogs, remembering the environment we were in with people stalking uh, drop-off boxes, ballot boxes, in the days leading up to this? That's right. And she is uh, helped in this effort by Donald Trump, who has been out saying similar types of things. But the reality is, is the way in which they count the ballots, as Rick just talked about, is long been known. They have said how long it was going to take. It may not be the way everybody wants it. We may have wanted the results on election night, but that's simply not the way they do business out in Arizona. And Kelly had a lead when the Maricopa County ballots came out last night by about 13 percent. So he extended his lead overall about 6 percent versus Masters. You know, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but there's going to continue to be updates. And they think they're not going to really finish counting until after the weekend. So everybody has just got to hold their fire. But of course, that doesn't work politically for somebody like Carrie Lake. So she certainly won't. Looking at Nevada, it's it's kind of a similar situation here, Rick, where you've got a race that is, you know, not they're not able to call it. But Democrats feel pretty good about it. Over 100,000 at last I heard ballots that that had to be counted still, many of them mail in from urban areas. And so they feel like they might be able to close this deal. Could, could you see a world in which Arizona and Nevada both go Democrat in the next 24 to 48 hours? Sure. Arizona, the trajectory in the Senate is already pretty much baked, right? It had something extraordinary would have to happen for uh, Kelly to lose that race. So yeah. when you look at Laxalt uh, being up by what, less than 9,000, 9,000 votes and, you know, with over 100,000 left and, and trending toward the Democrats, I mean, it's a slippery slope. Uh, and there's no question that uh, Cortez Masto could get there. Uh, but again, this is going to be, you know, like somebody wins by 15,000 votes or 10,000 mm -hmm. votes. And and so, sure, it'll probably go to a recount. Uh, we'll be, still be talking about this by the end of next week. But at the end of the day, I think Democrats are right. I mean, the trend is with them. Uh, counting takes a while. And, and at the end, if I were a betting man, I would have to say that Cortez Masto overtakes Laxalt by yeah. a few thousand votes, you know, by by Monday or Tuesday. Interesting challenge uh, to the leadership in the Senate. Everyone's been talking about Kevin McCarthy, and I see at uh, Punchbowl got a copy of a letter from Senators Rick Scott, Ron Johnson, Mike Lee, calling for a delay in the leadership election. Dear colleagues, we're all disappointed the red wave failed to materialize, and there are multiple reasons it did not. It says we need to have serious discussions within our conference as to why and what can be done to improve our chances in 2024. 
Uh, does Mitch McConnell have something to worry about, Rick? You know, look, I mean, this was a bad year and, and he's in leadership. So, yeah, uh, sure. And he's Rick not Scott, we know. Is he? Well, you know, probably not. I, I think the there's a lot more insulation in the Senate uh, than yeah. there is in the House when it comes to, like, you know, uh, influenced by people like Donald Trump and trying to move leadership. Um, but look, I mean, there are people uh, like Rick Scott who had been saying all along that, you know, he wanted to see a leadership change. What's interesting is no real um, uh, leadership types are calling for uh, uh, a change. So yeah. my guess is this is the fringe uh, uh, kibitzing, uh, and it won't amount much more to that. Uh, and look, I mean, nobody said it more than Mitch McConnell. If he'd had better cast of characters to run this cycle, he might have had a better cushion of victory. Jeannie, I see you over there, our Democratic analyst, sort of smiling through this whole conversation even though we're not in the same room. But uh, is this not the like the best thing that could have happened to Democrats here? Sort of not lose a, a huge number of seats, but hand the majority over to Republicans so they can take the blame for things that happen over the next two years and then set up Joe Biden or, Biden or whomever for a re-election in 24. It, it, the idea that the Democrats could impossibly, we don't know yet, not lose a single Senate seat in this election cycle you know, or maybe just lose one or two is a stunning development. So yeah, Democrats have to be careful, but they're smirking a little bit. And even if they lose the Senate, it's it's not as bad because they still have the filibuster. And of course, that allows Joe Biden to have a smoother pathway if he decides to run in 24 yeah. to say, you know, I, I, I couldn't work with the, the Republicans in the Senate. So it's it's positive all around for Democrats. Well, that at blame this point. goes with the gavel. We'll continue our conversation and look to Georgia next with the panel. This is Bloomberg. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington as we wait for December 6th. We just don't know if it's going to be the vote that decides control of the Senate or potentially a little extra gravy for somebody here. Another vote, another seat wouldn't hurt if you want to get something done, particularly if you're trying to keep up with the other chamber. Uh, Raphael Warnock, boy, imagine this being told you've got another month of this. You can feel it listening to him today, the senator from Georgia. Here he is. Are y'all ready to fight? Yeah. Are you ready to get this done? Yeah. I need you to show up and vote because a vote is a kind of prayer for the world we desire for ourselves and for our children. Let's reassemble the panel. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano. Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, Jeannie, this is, you know, hitting the reset button like this is tough. They've just lived through a grueling number of weeks here on the campaign trail. Have the final arguments been made or do you still have to be out there campaigning every day in this environment when it's just one race? Uh, they're going to be out there campaigning, you know, and obviously Warnock just did this last time around. He's going to have to yeah, do it again. God. You know, thankfully for him, it's not the two months that it, they had last time. They have shortened the window here because it was January last time. This is now December, but it's going to ruin his Thanksgiving for sure. And he is going to be have to out there fighting as is Walker for every vote. And there's going to be a lot of money spent. But of course, it's going to depend a lot on Arizona, Nevada, how much the parties invest. We certainly got Lindsey Graham uh, at his back here. My goodness, uh, Graham on Fox last night, he was talking to Sean Hannity about this, became emotional and then it became a meme. But he's been in Georgia a lot, uh, stumping for Herschel Walker, certainly before the midterm elections. And apparently he's going to be hanging around a while and he's been 
hitting a similar note here, which doesn't frankly sit well with everybody. Listen to Senator Lindsey Graham. If Herschel wins, he's going to inspire people all over Georgia of color to become Republicans. And I say all over the United States, Herschel Walker is a nightmare for liberals. He's an African-American conservative. They have belittled him. They have treated him like crap. His family stand by Herschel tonight. If you can give, give. If you know somebody that can give, ask them to do it. Is he emotionally involved in this, Rick? You know, he gets emotional. We've seen him, you know, in Supreme Court uh, uh, confirmation hearings get emotional. Uh, He's passionate about uh, politics. He does believe this stuff. I mean, a lot of people think he's you know, sort of uh, contrived, but uh, this That's is Lindsey Graham. Him. Yeah, this is Lindsey Graham. He gets himself in the middle of these things and gets very excited. Uh, he, we certainly had the benefit of all his excitement, you know, when John McCain was running for president. That's but true. Uh, the bottom line on it is, is I mean, like, you know, he's got a hard job, and that is to find a way to get Republicans to go out again after these big races just this last week. And and cast another ballot, at which point when there's nothing else at stake but Herschel Walker. And yeah, right. arguably, Herschel's done a good job of mobilizing that base. But how much of that was uh, from Governor Kemp and the extraordinary uh, uh, election victory he got uh, and how many coattails he had that helped Herschel Walker? So unfortunately for Lindsay, it's all about Herschel now. And mm-hmm. I can see why Lindsay wants to try and make it exciting for people, because up until this point in time, I think a lot of Republicans are scratching their head going, where'd this guy come from? Well, you know, Lindsey Graham has uh, been getting a lot of talk on social media since that appearance. And frankly, since his prior appearances, uh, just just before uh, the elections, Jeannie. And, and, you know, look, some are asking, is, is he aware that there's another black candidate in this race, that there's a black reverend on the other side of this conversation? Yeah, that, that's right. You know, the way the way he makes it sound in that clip from Sean Hannity, he has no idea about that. But of course, well, I don't know. It's he, kind of misleading. It, it is. And of course, I think what he would probably say is he's talking about African-American conservatives. Um, I think he would stress that he sounds, you know, sort of a trying like he's trying to be a reverend himself out there. Very emotional and sort of calling people to arms. But to Rick's point, the question is, is it going to be enough? You know, will people in Georgia get out? And I would say the same thing for Warnock, Democrats. Democrats have to be very careful here. Sometimes the enemy is when your party does better than expected and people mm-hmm. say, hey, we had a good time. Why do we have to go out again? So they're really going to have to make the case on both sides to get the base out again. It's asking a lot of voters in Georgia. And to be fair, he did say conservative. I don't misleading is not the right word. Maybe tone deaf, Rick. I don't know. Some of the criticism that Lindsey Graham is getting on Twitter uh, that that he's he's simply not framing this appropriately with regard to having a a so-called black conservative on the ballot yeah look he's being blunt and that's not the first time lindsey graham was ever blunt uh look i mean he he shares uh uh, duties in south carolina with tim scott you know a conservative african-american who's done incredibly well and is an inspiration to many uh african-americans who want to be a republican and and want to know whether or not They'll be welcome. So he's seen firsthand how how much that can benefit a party in South Carolina like it has. And mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, you know, that if if Herschel Walker can get elected, um, you know, he will be an inspiration to African-American conservatives. The, pro- the problem is you want Herschel Walker to be an inspirational person before yes. you say that you're going to do it because he's an African-American. Or Tim maybe Scott, have him say it. 
is an inspirational person, and he just happens to be African-American. Well, it's really uh, very well put, Rick, and that's why I had to th- throw this at you guys. I, I don't know what the next leg is in this race, uh, but there's a lot of oppo on both sides, Jeannie. What are we going to learn about Raphael Warnock or, you know, from here, guy can't even imagine, Herschel Walker? I know that the idea that there can be more to come. We've heard enough already. You know, we don't want to hear more, but we absolutely might. And, you know, Democrats response to what Lindsey Graham is saying is they don't oppose Herschel Walker because of his race. Obviously, they oppose his conservative values, his ideals and the fact that he doesn't have the character in their mind to serve as Senate. So there is a response for them to make. But I do fear that with all of the dirt out there on Walker and we know there is some potentially on Warnock, this may get vicious particularly, again, if the Senate comes down to Georgia, which we may not know till early next week. You keep something in your pocket for times like this, Rick? Uh, yeah, rabbit's foot. <laughs> we'll see. They stay with us. The best panel in the business, Rick and Jeannie, on Bloomberg Sound On as we turn to Donald Trump's war against his own party. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The headline on the terminal, DeSantis blowout, Biden's lift, stir Trump fury ahead of 24. Mark Niquette and Jordan Fabian share the byline for Bloomberg. And boy, this has been something to watch. We talked last night about the Trumpy Dumpty bit and the back and forth uh, with the Murdoch media. But boy, Donald Trump was just in firing mode. And still is late last night, early this morning, now aiming at Glenn Youngkin, of all people. I mean, I could just point and click here and pick any number of uh, folks he's calling out. But this Glenn Youngkin, uh, well, I won't call it a tweet. It's a truth, right? 
is pretty remarkable. Remembering, this is where Donald Trump was the day before, I believe, the elections. He spoke with News Nation just to sort of set the baseline for everything that was about to happen. Listen. Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. Okay. Okay. But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, (laughs) When they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit. Now, so, of course, he went on this wild salvo uh, one after the other against Ron DeSantis right around the time we were coming off the air yesterday. So, like I said, last evening into this morning, after he talked about the day that Ron DeSantis came to him a shambles, and revived his political career, he now takes aim at the other Republican who could be king, or so we hear, Glenn Youngkin, of course, right? He he wrote the recipe in Virginia with Donald Trump's support, but not appearing with Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump writes Youngkin in parentheses. Now, that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Young Kin in Virginia couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning, but he knows that, admits it. Besides, having a hard time with Dems in Virginia, but he'll get it done. We actually heard uh, from Glenn Youngkin today. I didn't know if he'd respond to this, but, you know, sometimes you have no choice. Reporters were surrounding him at an unrelated event. Glenn Youngkin, in reaction to being called uh, Youngkin, sounds Chinese, doesn't it, from Donald Trump. Here he is. What's your reaction? First of all, I didn't see it. Um, we have and, it right uh, here. And I have, to, I, I have to be honest, I've been busy all morning. Um, listen, I, 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 you, you all know me. I do, I do not uh, call people names. I, I uh, really work hard to bring people together, and that's what we're working on. Well, that's what I'm saying, and, and, and I just, that's not the way I roll and not the way I behave, and, uh, and I think, again, this is a moment for us to come together. Uh, so it's not the way I roll, but says he didn't see it, which is pretty amazing because it certainly made the rounds. Let's reassemble the panel. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano are here, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, Rick, with the 24 election. Is that the best move for Glenn Youngkin to just stay 100 miles away from this? So are you telling me he's not following Trump on true social? I, <laughs> I mean, on its not. own, that's a violation of decorum that's amongst true. Republicans. I mean, You're clearly a rhino. Come on, Governor Youngkin. Um, look, I mean, you know, he wants to avoid Donald Trump. He did a really good job avoiding him during his own campaign. I mean, to the point where you made is everyone was thinking, hey, maybe this is the model. You just don't have him come to your state. Uh, There are probably a lot of people, including, you know, Mehmet Oz and others who wish they'd followed a similar pattern. Uh, Hmm. You know, it's interesting to see how so many people literally within the same week of the election are trying to run for the back door within this Republican Party dominated by Donald Trump. I mean, you know, it's 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 the it's almost like the entire future of the Republican Party has gone into reverse where being a part of the Trump operation is now all of a sudden somehow a bad thing for you to be if you're in the Republican Party. And we've seen this before in previous elections, uh, but uh, it's it's taken an extra cycle to have it come around to Donald Trump. I don't know if you saw the uh, the, the shot against Ron DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin here, Jeannie. I'm assuming you've seen both, but... Is he just trying to scare people away potentially days before he announces his run? Or is he really starting to feel like he might not be the guy anymore? 
You know, unlike Governor Youngkin, I do follow Truth Social. So I, you you know, for you, Joe Matthew, you're reading, so so, we don't have to. Yeah, so you don't have to. So you know, he is playing the old Trump playbook of trying to clear the field before he announces. Um, He did it before in 2015, 2016. He's trying to do it again. You know, who I feel sorriest for here is Tiffany Trump. Imagine that she is going down to Mar-a-Lago for her wedding, and her father is literally out of control. (laughs) angry down there. You wouldn't want to be Tiffany Trump. They may have to have an intervention at this point. And let's not forget when he announces, you know, you were talking to Major Garrett, looks like that announcement's going forward. Apparently (laughs) all kinds of invites have gone out for that. You know, at the same time, the Republican Governors Association is meeting and that's where all the power in the party is. Mm -hmm. So the fascinating juxtaposition of those two things with DeSanctimonious and Young Kin and all of these people there who have real power and him, you know, in Mar-a-Lago announcing he's going to do this again. It's quite going to be quite a split screen, although we probably won't get into the Republican Governors Association because I think that's going to be private. Trump writes, Ron came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good ag commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. That's the kind of stuff we're used to here. But then he starts to invoke the FBI, uh, Rick, and suggests that he may have somehow rigged the election for Ron DeSantis. Is that what we're to believe? Yeah, well, that's certainly the way I took it, that he instructed the Justice Department to go down there and, like, you know, stop counting ballots because, you know, uh, DeSantis was going to lose if they kept counting ballots. And, and I, you know, look, I, you can't. This is what's so ironic. He's it's just like when he was on Twitter. You, we follow this stuff. We can't help ourselves. It's like right. driving, you know, past a wreck. you got to look. And, and, and the man's just nothing but a big train wreck. Uh, look, there's no indication. And I think the Justice Department even said uh, that there's no indication that we had anybody go down there. Uh, at least former Justice Department people. And I think they, the other guys have too much uh, to do uh, investigating Donald Trump right now to actually respond to these things. Yeah. But the bottom line is. Um, you know, we can't really look backwards all the time and see Donald Trump in the rearview mirror, right? I mean, like, he's got to do something that actually makes him relevant to the future. Mm-hmm. And so far, he spent two years talking about the past. If he's going to continue to talk about the past, this is the wind is going to blow and he will not be on the other side of the fence. Boy. And so, therefore, Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin, you just keep plowing forward. Don't look left or right. Keep your hands on the wheel and don't react to him, right, Jeannie? Yeah, that that's what they're going to try to do. But let's not forget, people tried this before, you know, and it didn't work so well. And that's what Donald Trump is banking on. And the reality yeah. is, is that this is really up to Republican voters. It's not necessarily up to the powers that be. They have tried to distance themselves from Trump. They have tried to do what Rick said, you know, encourage people to look forward. It's up to Republican voters. If they stick with him, he can really, really make a mess out of this uh, primary as they move into 24. And that is going to be something that Democrats have the ability to just look, sit back and watch as they, you know, beat each other up. And that's a pretty good position for Democrats to be in. So are we believing this is a real announcement uh, next week, Rick, that he's not going to, you know, kind of duck out on the hurricane or do anything that Republicans are urging him to do, which is not announced until after the runoff in Georgia? Well, the lesson we've learned with him is you can't really believe anything he does or says until he actually does it or says it. So um, he's teased this out for months. Um, we thought it would maybe this summer. We thought it might be the night before the election. I mean, there's all these kind of scenarios. So I wouldn't put it past him 
on Tuesday to like break a toenail and claim he's got to go to the emergency room. Right. And can't do the announcement. I would say the real action, as Jeannie says, is in Orlando with the Republican governors. Remember, these guys all banded together to help out people like Kemp in Florida or in Georgia when Donald Trump was going after him. They like their own. They're very powerful. They are going to be the future of this party. I guarantee part of the conversation they're having is what do we do with Donald Trump? Uh, in an effort to try and win a national election coming up in two years. Boy, that's something else. Do Democrats uh, <laughs> have to worry about that conversation, Jeannie, or should they worry about themselves for the next two years? They should worry about themselves for the next two years. You know, you take Donald Trump out of the equation. Republicans have some really strong governors in place. And we saw it Tuesday night. Everybody from Kemp to Abbott to DeSantis to DeWine, who we don't talk about enough, and and Sununu, who, who, you know, does a masterful job in New Hampshire. So Democrats have to worry about themselves. And I think that one of the things we saw on Tuesday night, at least in my mind, was that, you know, Biden does get the credit for what happened uh, because he is the president. But it was more of a rejection of extremism than it was necessarily an embrace of Democrats. So they're going to have to continue to focus on addressing people's real problems, starting with the economy and inflation. Rick and Jeannie, uh, you guys have been incredible this week, and I can't thank you enough uh, here on Bloomberg Sound On, on Balance of Power, all of the political programs, including our election night coverage. I just can't imagine spending it with anyone else. On this Veterans Day, we leave you with sounds from Arlington National Cemetery. It was a rainy morning here when everyone gathered at the Tomb of the Unknown. And we do thank everyone who served this country on this Veterans Day. We'll see you back here next week. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.